You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to uh, Play Tessie. Jess Gordo here. Wanted to uh, go into the little bit of where the Red Sox stand free agent-wise uh, as they enter the winter meetings set to begin Sunday into Monday. Uh just reading all the reports and putting everything in one place, looking at all the different guys, seeing where we stand. You had Jeff Passon with the article saying that the Sox are pretty much out on Otani and are unlikely to go for rentals that aren't under contract next year. So you can look at guys like Juan Soto, Corbin Burns, Tyler Glasnow, Shane Bieber in that category. And then you had Sean McAdam of Mass Live say that the Red Sox haven't been in on Dylan Cease, who has two years of control pretty much at all this offseason, and uh, nobody's reported, nobody else has reported that they've been in there, so it's hard to see them going that direction. Uh, Part of that having to do, of course, with their uh, asking price of Brian Bayo uh, at the trade deadline when the two teams talked. So that leaves a few other guys, but Blake Snell, who Sean McAdam reported that the Red Sox expressed interest in uh, around the uh, GM meetings. So they've expressed interest there, but... Blake Snell seems to only want Seattle or at least the West Coast. So that could be like a David Price situation where they blow him away, blow him out of the water with an offer, and maybe he comes. Um, But hard to bank on that. It seems like he's got his heart set on the West Coast, and he's going to get a lot of good offers from West Coast teams. Uh, So that could be a tough one. So you got a couple others, but Eduardo Rodriguez. While John Heyman has reported that he wouldn't count the Red Sox out, Robert Murray of Fanside, who's super tapped in, he's got really good stuff. I love watching his streams. Um, but he went out of his way to say that he'd be really surprised if it, if an Eduardo Rodriguez reunion happened in Boston. So that's a lot of guys that the Sox are either out or unlikely for. Uh, a lot of X's. So who does that leave on the free agent market? It's pretty much two guys. It's everyone's favorite, Yoshinobu Yamamoto, and it's Jordan Montgomery. And I said this on, on Twitter yesterday, but part of me is a little bit afraid that their eggs are all in that basket. And of course, if they do secure Yamamoto, we're all happy. Everyone's happy. Like, that's great. That's enough for me to say that they're building, they're getting the right pieces, they're moving in the right direction. Their next ace doesn't need to come until next offseason if if you go the Yamamoto route. But, of course, everyone is in on Yoshinobu Yamamoto. This is a 25-year-old starter with ace potential who I think most people think is going to be an ace. He fits everyone's timeline. If you're trying to compete now, he fits your timeline. If you're trying to build for a year and then compete next year, well, guess what? He's going to be 26 next, next year. Well, if you're trying to build now and compete in two years, guess what? This guy will hit his third year hit his prime, he'll have pitched three years in the bigs, two years in the bigs, and he'll be ready to go when you're ready to compete then. So every single team that has money should be in on this guy, and it seems like they all are in on this guy. Um, so yeah, if they get Yamamoto, we should all be happy, and whoever they kind of get to be that next guy, like I think we should all have a little bit more wiggle room and a little bit, a little bit less of an expectation of who that can be and just be happy that they got the guy. Now, if they get Jordan Montgomery, that's fine too. He's he's a really good pitcher. 
But when I when I when the Sox opened the offseason, my opinion was I don't want like I like Jordan Montgomery. I just don't want him to be the best starting pitcher that the Red Sox end up with. If they get Monty and like a tier two free agent guy, that might not be enough to get you in the playoff hunt. It may you may not finish in last place. Like we'll see what happens with the Yankees. We'll see what the, what the Rays do if they trade a bunch of their pieces away. Like maybe one of those teams isn't last, but you're gonna need more than Jordan Montgomery if you want to make the playoffs next year, especially if your team leader and one of your best hitters, Justin Turner, goes elsewhere, which I don't think has been talked about enough. I don't think people realize how big of a loss that could be or is going to be. Um, but going back to Jordan Montgomery, he's been a mid to upper three ZRA pitcher for most of his career, which is really good. Despite the great year he had last year, capped off by an awesome postseason where he posted a 2.9 ERA and won the World Series with the Rangers, and it was basically like you with the Rangers, you expect that uh, that DeGrom and Scherzer are going to be the aces leading them to the World Series. And then it was actually Montgomery and Nathan Ivaldi who, who carried them to the promised land. But I think it's likely that he's going to be closer to his career numbers for most of his contract. Like, you'd be pretty happy if Jordan Montgomery in his Red Sox career, if they sign him, had a mid to upper three year mid to upper threes ERA most of those years. It's good, but that's not your ace. Like that's not a guy that's going to give you a chance to win the World Series just by his sheer presence on the roster. So, yeah, I think it's a fair assumption the Sox aren't going to sign two of the biggest free agent starting pitchers on the pitchers on the board. Like it seems like Snell is unlikely and while they're definitely in the deep thick of things with with uh with Yamamoto and Montgomery, it's super unlikely that they're going to be able to sign both of those guys, and who knows if they even want to take the financial plunge to sign two of them. But let's make a risky assumption here and say that they sign one of them. They'll still need to add a second guy, and the list of the next tier of free agents is long. And for me, my opinion on, like my opinion on who they sign like basically my feeling whether I'll be happy or or whether I'll feel like it's not enough will be determined on who the first guy is. Like I said before, if, if you get Yamamoto, if Yamamoto's your ace, like by all means, like Seth Lugo, James Paxson, Hyunjin Ryu, like Michael Lorenzen, if they want to go like Tyler Molly, Jack Flaherty, like guys like that, by all means, like you can, t- you can take, you can afford to take a lesser guy there particularly if it's on a one-year deal if you get Yamamoto because then not only do you have them come off the books in a year you also have sale come off the books in a year and then you think this is a good free agent pitcher class look at next year like we talk about these guys that are on the trade market like that the Sox aren't interested in trading for because they're rentals like Corbin Burns Shane Bieber Tyler Glasnow like guys like that well, guess what? They're all free agents. So you're going to have Burns next year. You're going to have Bieber next year. You're going to have Glasnow next year. Don't forget about Max Freed, Walker Bueller, Zach Wheeler. They're all free agents next year. Unless they sign extensions, like they're hitting the market. So it is not the end of the world if the Red Sox get their man and then go for a one-year deal as the second guy because they can take that plunge next year too. But... Let's go back. If Jordan Montgomery is the guy, 
and you're going into the year expecting a mid-three ZRA, if you get Jordan Montgomery and, let's say, like, Imanaga or Seth Lugo, something like that, that's just... I mean, that's going to be enough to keep you in games. Like, you'll be able to win ball games and you'll you'll have a competitive team. But will you have a true contender unless you're hitting the crap out of the ball every single night, which I like this Red Sox offense, but it's not that, at least as, as the team is built now. It's going to be tough to make a real run at the postseason with that. It, you, could, you could sell me on Montgomery and Giolito, but the issue with that is Giolito, I think, is in for a multi-year deal. And, like, if you invest in those guys, are they really going to invest big in a third starting pitcher next offseason? Like, I don't know. So, if they sign Montgomery, the second guy to me has to be, like, a guy from the Mariners. Like, they, the Mariners have four guys who, who I would all say – who I could say has – they have the potential to be – frontline like number one or number two starters George Kirby and Logan Gilbert are already that I really like Brian Wu like Craig Breslow is obsessed with in zone swing and miss rate Brian Wu was one of the best in the majors at that last year and you know people didn't realize how good he was but he's really good and then of course there's Bryce Miller who started off great last year and you know kind of dipped off but he's got that potential uh, there's been a little bit of chatter about Fran Valdez potentially being on the market that would work with uh, Montgomery for me Freddie Peralta, another in-zone whiff rate king. He like if they made a big trade for him, that in Montgomery, that works. Like the Marlins guys, Lazardo, Braxton Garrett, Edward Cabrera, Trevor Rogers, like a couple of those guys maybe, a couple of them maybe not good enough. Like there it's yeah. The the point the point here is if you get Yamamoto, you have the ult in my eyes, you have the flexibility to kind of do whatever you want for that next starter. Yeah, you still need to add a guy but I'm not going to be too picky about who it is. If Montgomery is your man, if he's the free agent you come away with, then things get a little bit dicier and you kind of need to thread the needle at least to get at least to get my approval. Like obviously it's it's up to them like if they like some of these guys more than others, like they'll feel better about it. Um and the one thing I'll close with is is another thing that I don't want fans to lose sight of is Brandon Woodruff's presence on the free agent market. If you sign either of those guys, either of those top two guys, uh, Yamamoto, Montgomery, and then do whatever with the second guy, it may not be exactly what you want. If they get Brandon Woodruff, that in my eyes opens the door. Like I'll just feel I'll feel way better about things because you'll have him assuming for for twenty twenty five, potentially even the end of twenty twenty four. Like you just you feel better about the state of the organization moving forward if you've got all of those arms locked in and hopefully you still have that top echelon of prospects. So yeah, I really think our, our opinions of the offseason are going to be formed based off of what happens with those two starters and we'll see where they go from there. I'm sure the winter meetings are going to be super active. I'm going to be there uh, out in Nashville. It's going to be a cool experience. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's been quiet for the Red Sox so far, but I don't expect that to continue. I think things are going to pick up at the winter meetings. Uh, Jen McCaffrey's article the other day, she kind of made it sound as if the Red Sox were kind of setting the stage, you know, assessing the market, making sure they had a good understanding of where things were. And it sounds like the winter meetings are going to be where they look to get going on things. So 
I'll leave you with that. Uh, I'll be back with the fellas for an, for an episode uh, likely dropping Monday morning. I think we're about to get into some silly season here. So buckle your seatbelts. I think it's going to be exciting.